Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahadev Hashem Ishmirim Vihayim Amen. Today's up is being studied the Adun Shmat of Raham bin Esther. Ruah Hashem Tanihan Began Aiden Amen. Today's up is being studied the Adun Shmat of Raham Shanaftar Bikitsuri Amin Vishanim Azra bin Tuni Mazal. Ruah Hashem Tanihan Began Aiden Rutin Shmato. Sarah Rabbit Surah Hayim Amen. We begin today's daf on Yudhit Amud Rishon, and we are on the second line. The subject of our Gemara is looking for a source. How do we know that Shavuot has seven days makeup? Just like we said for Pesach, we know that we have a seven day makeup. So now the Gemara wants to know what about Shavuot? If you didn't bring your Korbanot on day one, how do you can bring it on subsequent days? So actually, the Gemara already brought two sources. Yonah brought a proof from Rav Oshaya proof was from a pasuk that we have That compares Haga Matzot to Haga Shavuot We said, Ma Haga Matzot Yishla Tashlumin Shav'ah Af Haga Shavuot Yishla Tashlumin Shav'ah And then we brought another Raya At the end of yesterday's Gemara From the name of Rabbi Yaizer ben Yaakov And he held that from the fact that Torah says Ukratem Ukutzrechem That you shall call a holiday at the time that you are reaping. So the Gemara said, what do you mean? You can't reap on uh, the holiday of Shavuot, which is the time of the reaping. You can't reap on Yom Tov. It's Asur. And it must be talking about the days after Shavuot. That it's still called Ukratem. It's called a Mikra. It's called a, a, a holiday. But what? It's Mutar Liksor. So therefore it must be that there's a post-Shavuot time. And that's the Gabi, the Korban. So the proof was Ukratem. Uh, and then it says Ukutzrechem. So therefore, in a holiday that you call Mikra, that would mutar to be Kotzeh. That was the ayah that there is a Tashlumin. But we don't know how many days. So we said you need a conjunction of the first Derasha of Ravoshaya uh, to teach me that just like Matzot has seven days, Hagamatzot, so to Shavuot is seven days. So so far we have two proofs to teach me that Shavuot has a Tashlumin of Shavuot. He learns from the words in the Pasuk. Shavuot is called the holiday of reaping. What's the holiday that we celebrate and that we reap? The reaping season. That must be Shavuot. Emat, now when are you reaping? Is it permissible to do Ketzirah on Yom Tov? There's a holiday that you're allowed to be Ketzir, which is that? Shavuot, but not on Shavuot day itself, but it must be the days following Shavuot. It's still called the Hag. And what? It's permissible to do Ketzir. Now, why is it still called the Hag? It must be because you still have a Yan of Tashlumin. So if we see from the words Hag and Ketzir, that is permissible, that there is a linyan of Tashlumin after the holiday. Amr of Yohanan, ilamayata haga asif. So according to this, when it comes to Sukkot, Sukkot is called haga asif, the holiday of harvesting. Is a hag sheesh bo asifah, so we go according to the same dirasha. Which holiday has asifah in it? Have you omitted haga Sukkot? Emat, now when are you making harvesting? Idnim abi yom tov, menachabi yom tov mishareh. Is it permissible to do harvesting on Yom Tov? Of course not. Ela, b'cholosh l'moed. So you're doing it on b'cholam moed. 
Chol HaMoed, Mi Sha'areh. What do you mean? Still not permissible. You still cannot harvest on Chol HaMoed. So therefore, if you're going to learn Haga Katsir the way you learned it, you're going to have to learn Haga Asif the way you learned it. And Haga Asif doesn't fit. You want to say that Haga Asif is the holiday that you're harvesting. When are you harvesting? On, on Yom Tov? You can't harvest on Yom Tov. It's Asur. Chol HaMoed you're harvesting? You can't harvest on Chol HaMoed either. It's Asur. So what does Haga Asif mean? Ela Haga Bab is Man Asifah. Haga Asif only means the holiday that comes at the harvest time. Which holiday comes at the harvest time? Sukkot. And that's what Haga Katsir means also. The holiday that comes at the time of the reaping. But not the holiday that you are actually reaping on. So therefore the Gemara rejects this last raya. Haga Katsir is no proof. But what do we see from over here? Gemara says, Mikhlal, the Tarvayus, Vira Lehu, the Holoshil Moed, the Asud Basiat Menaka. See, one thing you do see out of this uh, give and take between the Buhanan and Mishtakish, that they all hold that Menaka and Holoshil is Asur. Because the claim that Rabbi Hanan had was, you can't harvest on Yom Tov. You can't harvest on Holloway either. And we see the Shtakish accepted that argument. He didn't come back and say, no, you were allowed. <laughs> so therefore you see everybody held that Holloway did not to work. So now the Gebra says, What's the source that working on Holloway is indeed Asur? We have a Braita. <laughs> the Pasuk says, you have to keep Hagabasot seven days. Now, many times when the Torah says the word, the Shemor, Shemor is like a commandment not to do Melacha. Like Shemor at Yom Shabbat. So therefore, the fact that it says that Hagabasot the Shemor, it's telling me you have to keep the laws of Hagabasot that go to work. How many days? Shabbat Shemim. So what do you see from the fact that it says seven days? So from the fact that it says seven days, you learn that indeed... It is Asur for seven days. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yoshia. Rabbi Yonatan, Omer, Enot Sarikh. You don't need a Pasuk. I can make a Kadva Homer. I'll say it like this Kadva Homer. Umar Ishon Veshivi'i. And what? Regarding the first day of Pesach. And the seventh day of Pesach, She'en Kidusha Lefteimul Acharehem. The first day of Pesach doesn't have Kidusha before it. Right? There's no, holy, there's no holy day before the first day. And there's no holy day after the seventh day. Because they don't have Kiddushah before them and after them, but Asur Ba'asiyat Melakha, and still there are Asur Ba'asiyat Melakha. Choloshil Mu'ed, Sheesh Kiddushah Lefnei Ulaharein, Enodin Sheesh Asur Ba'asiyat Melakha. Cholam Mu'ed, which is sandwiched in between Kiddushah. Cholam Mu'ed has the first day before it and the seventh day after it. If the first and seventh days that stand alone, that don't have Kiddushah that precede it or follow it, they are Asud Ba'asiyat Melakha. So certainly the days that are in the middle, between the first and the seventh, where the Kiddushah started, so certainly those days are going to be Asud as well. So the Kibbutz says, no, no Kavahomer. The six days of the work week will disprove that. Why? They have a Shabbat on both sides. They're surrounded by Shabbat. And still you're allowed to go to work on the six days. So they were being sandwiched in Kiddushah. There's no reason to say that it will be Asur. You have no proof from that, no question. Yeah. I'll tell you that the days of the week don't have uh, 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 an advantage because there's no Qurban Musaf. On a regular weekday, there's no Qurban Musaf. Tomar Qurban Musaf. already you see it's different. You see, when it has a Qurban Musaf, so Holomar has two things. It's sandwiched, 
And it's special because you see, already has a korban, musaf. So the Gemara says, Rosh Chodesh Yochiyah. Rosh Chodesh will disprove that. She is more korban musaf and mutar ba'asiyat melacha. Well, Rosh Chodesh also has some type of kedushat, obviously, because it's korban musaf. But it's mutar ba'asiyat melacha. So you'll answer, and this was fourth, says the Gemara could have answered what I'm going to tell you now, but Rosh Chodesh is not sandwiched. No, Rosh Chodesh stands alone. So Tosfot says the Gemara could have answered that to refute Rosh Chodesh, but the Gemara is going to give a different answer. Mal Rosh Chodesh, she'en karui mikra Kodesh. Rosh Chodesh is not called in the Torah mikra Kodesh, a holy day. Tomar b'chodesh shemoyed, she karui mikra Kodesh. But Cholam Moed is indeed called mikra Kodesh. Wehil v'karui mikra Kodesh. Oh, once you see the Torah calls it mikra Kodesh, din hu she'asur b'asiyat melacha. Therefore, it makes sense to say that it's asur b'asiyat melacha. So therefore, really, Cholam Shemoyed... It's sandwiched in between. And it also has a Qurban Musaf. And on top of it, it's called Mikra Kodesh. So for all those reasons, it makes it better than the six days of the week. And it makes it better than Nosh Kodesh. And therefore, it's going to be Asur, Basiyat, Melakha. So that's the second source that we know that Nosh Kodesh, uh, that Cholam Mu'ed is Asur, Basiyat, Melakha. The first one was Shiva'at Shamim. Right, the Shmor Shavat Shami. And now we're giving the second, the Dean of the Kavachomet. Tanya, he does give another Brayta. Kol Melechet Avoda Lo Tasu. Right, the Pasuk says Kol Melechet Avoda Lo Tasu. And the next Pasuk says Shavat Yamim Takrivu Ishe. So we have a juxtaposition between two Pesukim. Kol Melechet Avoda Lo Tasu. Don't do Melacha. And the next words is Shavat Yamim Takrivu. They made the Cholashemoyet Shasu Asiyah Melacha. So the fact that it juxtaposes Kol Melechet Avoda Lo Tasu Shavat Yamim. So we see that what? It's a super seven days. It's So the Gemara says, Which Mu'adim is this Pasuk referring to? In Barishon, if it's referring to the first day of the holiday, but we know already the first day of the Torah clearly says Shabbaton that you cannot work. Even if it's not the seventh day, it's about the seventh day also Shabbaton. It's telling you what? Which days of the holiday consider Mikra Kodesh? referring to the days of Cholamoy. Can I be talking about the first day? First day, we have clear Pesukim on the first day. Shabbaton. We have a clear Pesukim on the seventh day. Shabbaton. Which Mu'adim are we referring to in that Pasuk? We have another source, another Brayta for Isul Melacha Bechol HaShemuet. Six days, eat Matzot, and on the seventh day, of course, Atzeret means stop from work, cessation of work. Atzeret Lashem. So the Gemara makes a connection between the six days and the seventh day. Ma atzur, just like the seventh day, atzeret, atzor, meaning stop. There's a stoppage or cessation of work. atzurin. So to the first six days also there is a cessation of work. The pasuk is comparing the six days to the seventh day, just like by the seventh day it says atzeret. So to the first six days also. Mm-hmm. That's it, it stopped working. The Gebran says, well, if you can tell me you're going to pay, compare it on the seventh day of Yom Tov, all Melachas are Asur. Are you going to tell me that in every Melachas is going to be forbidden? It's coming down. The main Atzeret, the main stoppage of work is on the seventh day. Uh, it should be the seventh day of Pesach over here. 
the seventh day there's a full stoppage of work. The sixth day is not all melacha. So now we don't know which melachot are permissible, which melachot are forbidden. Then the Torah gave it over to the rabbis. Which days could be permissible and which days going to be forbidden? Which means they're going to already tell us which days yom tov based on their calculations and which days cholam moed. The first going to tell us which days are yom tov, which days are cholam moed, and then once they tell us the days, then they're going to subsequently tell us which melachot are permissible. And which melachot are asurot? So that did says really tell me that it's up to the hachamim to decide. For example, they paid, they told us that davara avid is going to be uh, permissible. They told us melechet uman is going to be forbidden. Which they gave us the guidelines of exactly what's mutar and what is uh, asur, and they told me exactly what is considered. Um, like we learned in the second word, Katan. There's a very, very important Mahlokar of Yamashri Shunim, should be noted. Mahlokar of Rashi, Tosfot, and the Ramban. Rashi is Masra from over here, and also in the second word, Katan, that on Dafyud Aleph Amudbet, that the Isur to do Melachan, Holamwet, is Isur de Ulaita. And it's Masra like that from these Gemariot over here. Of course, the Gemariot bring proofs from the Sukim. Tosafot over here takes Rashid to task on his shitah that is the Uraita because he brings different questions uh, from different Gemariyot that's Mahashma that the Isur of Hulam is only in Isur Medrabanan. The Ma'aseh, that's Tosafot shitah and he holds all these Pesukim over here are only Asmakta Be'alma. So it's a fantastic Mahlouk Rashid with Tosafot. It's Isur Melakan Hulam Oed the Uraita or Drabanan. It should be noted that the Ramban makes like a compromise over here and he says the Ikar Isur Melakan Hulamwed is Isur is Isur Torah and Mina Torah it's only Asur things that are not Asur Hamwed. And uh, that's it that, that, that's the main goal in the Torah. If it's not Surah Hamwed, if it's not for the purpose of the uh, holiday and it's not Davada Avid and it's not Davada Avid from the Torah it's going to be Asur. The Hachamim came along and said that, uh, but while from the Torah, if it's a Melachat, it's for the Surah and even if it's Melachat Uman, and even if it's the Aved, it'll be uh, permissible. Again, I'm going to read it. He says like this The Amar Shaikar Isur Chola Mu'edu Minat Torah, Ach Hachamim Hosifu Isur Medivrehem Bechama Melachot. She's even if it's uh, skilled work, or She's the rabbis added Melechet Uman is Asun even if it's for Tzorek HaMu'ed or they added even a Melecha B'davara Aved if it's it's going to be Asur whereas the Torah would say Davara Aved would be Mutar so therefore it's like a compromise 
the source of it is Deoraita, and the rabbis came along and they modified it. So you have Rashi, totally Deoraita, Tosfot, totally the Banan, and the Banan somewhere in the middle. Comes the continues. We learned in the Mishnah that there was a day of Shavuot called Yom Tebawah. Yom Tebawah was the uh, Shavuot, let's say, fell out on the Shabbat. So we said they did not bring the Kormanot on Shabbat, they would bring the Kormanot on Sunday. That Sunday was called Yom Tebawah, the day of sacrifice. We did say that even though it's a day of sacrifice, it is permissible to eulogize and fast on that day. Why? Because we did not want to give credence to the Sidduqin, who always would celebrate Shavuot on a Sunday, based on their Dirasha. And therefore, not to give them credence, so we wanted to show that this day is a regular day. And therefore, Mutar, Behesped, and Betani. So the Gabra says a story over here. Not to give credence to the opinion that says that Atzeret falls out on Sunday. So the Gebra says, We have a was a fellow called Alaksa, some say Alexandra, his name was, and he died in Lod. So all the Jewish people came in order to eulogize him. Rabbi Tarfon did not allow the eulogies to take place because it was Shavuot. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Yom Tov You think that this situation that the people came to eulogize was on Yom Tov Shavuot? Ibi Yom Tov Mika'atu Would anybody come to eulogize uh, somebody on Yom Tov? They know that you can't eulogize on Yom Tov. Oh, so it must be Yom Tevah which means we're assuming over here it was Sunday. Shavuot fell out on Shabbat, it was on Sunday, and therefore what? They came to eulogize, and the Bitafon stopped them. So you see over here that what? Yom Tebawah really is Asur Besped. Amishnah said, it's Mutar Besped. So make up your mind. Just again, we're assuming the case was, there was Shavuot Shabbat fell out. There was no Kurban on Shabbat, Yom Tebawah was Sunday. What did Amishnah say in Yom Tebawah? Dafka there is allowed to be eulogies. You want to show that Tzidukim, it's not the holiday. But what happened in the time of the Bitafon? He stopped them from eulogizing. Uh, so what do you see over here? That Yom Tebawah, he stopped eulogizing. So the Gebra says, Lakashya. Kam Yom Tov Shahal Yot Tahal Shabbat. Kam Yom Tov Shahal Yot Beshabbat. Which means two cases. When Yom Tov falls out on Shabbat, that's the case of Amishnah. Where Yom Tov fell out on Shabbat, on Shabbat, and then when Yom Tebawah is Sunday. In that case over there, we want to make it clear that it's not a tzidduki holiday therefore dafka then it's permissible to make his bed but when Shavuot fell out during the week let's say Shavuot fell out on a Tuesday so there's no Yom Tebalah really you could bring the Korbanot on Tuesday so therefore the subsequent days which was the case over here then you already have Tashlumin so on those days over there since you have a Tashlumin it's going to be Asur Besped Vitali so the case of Al-Aqsa was Shavuot fell out during the week and what happened uh, there was no Yom Tov itself Shavuot fell out on a Tuesday on Yom Tov itself, nobody was going to be maspeed. You can't maspeed on Yom Tov. That came the next day, Wednesday. So now, already, they came to be uh, maspeed. So they came to be maspeed, Rabbi Tafon uh, stopped them. Why? Because now already, it's, it, it, it is considered a mixat ha- holiday in the sense that you do have a testament. And I'm not worried about the issue of uh, Yom Teboah, because really Yom Teboah is on the holiday itself. The next day, it's just a testament. It's not like a case where you didn't bring the Kormat on Shabbat, because you couldn't bring anything, and your first thing you bring the Kormat on Sunday, and then already, that's considered Yom Teboah. That's the day of slaughtering. But when it falls out during the week, you don't have a Yom Teboah, because you can bring it on that day itself. 
So therefore, the case of Al-Aqsa was during the week, and therefore, the Buta Ford said, there's no, there's no Hespedim. You can't be Mespid. But if it was fell out on a Shabbat, and he, and he wanted to make eulogies on something, he would allow them. Because on that day, that would be considered like the Tzeduchim. Correct. Come the next Mishnah. Now we begin some of the laws of Tum'ah the Tahara. Mishnah begins. Notlim leyadaim lecholin ulmaaser v'letruma. The Mishnah gives us the first thing. We know that there's a different type of foods. There's a food that's called cholin. Cholin is regular foods. No kedushah foods. Then we have maaser. Maaser is maaser sheni. Those foods have a little kedushah to them. The Israel takes those foods up to Yerushalayim and eats them. That's the maaser he has to give in the first and the second. In the fourth and the fifth years of Shemitah. That's ten percent. And Tiruma. Tiruma we know is the food of the Kohen. Okay, so the deen is before a person wants to eat any of these three type of foods, Cholin, Maaser, or Tiruma, the Mishnah says one needs Nitilat Yadaim. Because she says, Dai lahim Dikhli You have to pour it if you eat maim on your hands, and already it's permissible to eat them. Obviously, we're talking about over here. Where a person has his hands. The Rahamim said that regular hands are considered a shini le tum'ah. There are different degrees of tum'ah. Normally, a person cannot become a shini le tum'ah. Usually, food stuff can become a shini, but not a body. Hakamim would go there that they gave hands of a person a status of a shini le tum'ah. So, therefore, you want to get the shini off your uh, hands. So, they said before you eat any of these items, just make it that Pour it if you eat of water. On your hands, and then already you'll be able to eat these three items. However, for the Kodesh Matbilin, when it comes to wanting to eat Kodesh, Kodesh, for example, would be Korban Shalamim, Korban Khattat, Korban Asham, that already has a higher level. So if a person wants to come to eat those things, he has to make Tevilat Yadayim. Tevilat Yadayim means he has to actually immerse his hands in a Mikveh. Meaning, Tevilat Yadayim is not going to be enough when it comes to eating a Korban. Before he eats the Korban, He's going to have to actually immerse his hands. Now, what are we talking about? What's the case? So, as she says, Kodesh There's a higher level. Just dip his hands in 40 seah of water. Even though they're just stam yadaim, now from Rashi it's mashma that we're talking about a case obviously where his hands became tamim. Not his whole body. If his whole body became that's what the mikveh. It's not going to help you to just dip your hands in the water. So the way that I, the Mefarsh to understand Rashi over here is it's sort of where he touched something that make his hands tamim and rabbanan. If he touches something that's the right, his whole body is going to become tamim. So he touched something that the rabbis decreed to make his hands a shini. I'm just pointing this out because it's mashma from Rashi that the only Tamil he'll need Tivilat Yadayim for Kodesh is when he actually knows that he touched something. However, if it's just Stam Yadayim, which we say, he didn't touch anything, Stam Yadayim, even for Kodesh, it'll be enough to make Nitilat Yadayim. Like Hodin, Ma'asir, and Tirumah. If it's Setam Yadayim, even for Kodesh, Nitilat will be enough. When do we say you need Tivilat Yadayim for Kodesh? When he knows that his hands came in contact with rabbinical tum'ah, that make the hands of vada'i sheni, then already we need tibirat shadayim. Good? So therefore when it says, Ule Kodesh matbilin, it's dafka in a case where we're learning, where it was a definite tum'ah. 
not stam yadayim. Stam yadayim, even for cords would be enough to make netila, you would not need tevila. Well, khatat, now what is khatat? Khatat is meh khatat. That's the waters of the para'aduma. Those, those have a higher level even than korbanot. Everybody that's coming in contact with the waters of the para'aduma, im nitme'u yadab gufo. So the Hakimim made an extra gizirah here. They said, if a person, let's say, came in contact with Tum'ah, that can affect his hands, meaning Tum'ah mit Rabbanan, that the rabbis made his hands a shini, for Khatat, we consider your whole body tamer now. And therefore, the only way to get rid of it is you have to go to the mikveh. So Khatat is a much higher level. Look at Ashi. Ul Khatat, Liga bimeh Khatat, Mayim hamikudashim ve'efir para. The waters that are holy, Right, for the, with the ashes of the paraduma, la'azot men al-tame'emetim, that they sprinkle al-tame'emetim, yesh ma'alai yeterashi, in nitme'u yadav, be'ahamad ad-devenim yotim yadayim, v'lo'r ta'guf, when he touched something, that has the ability to metame' his hands, and not his body, kegon valad atum'ah, right, let's say he touched a rishon atum'ah, so if he touched a rishon, it's going to make his hands a sheni, u'gon sefer, let's give the example of a sefer Torah, the rabbis, if you remember Masih al-Shabbat, they put a gezerah, that a sefer Torah, if one touches it barehanded, it's going to make his hands a shini. Americans are not a sefer Torah. So they will say a guy went, he touched the sefer Torah, and now his hands became a shini. Good. Now, if it's if he wants to eat cholim, what does he do in that case over there? Cholim, mitilat yadayim. Maaser, mitilat yadayim. Terumah, mitilat yadayim. No problem. Kodesh, Kodesh, which is already korbanot, tevilat yadayim. As different as the mikveh. He wants to come in contact now with the Mehatat, he has to go to the Mikveh. So we're going to see that this Tumat Yadayim now spreads his whole body, and Nitma Kogufo. That's she. Nitma Guf. Vechol Aguf Sarich Tevila. Vechol Ma'alot Allah, All these levels that this is higher than this, Hatat is bigger than Kodesh, and Kodesh is bigger than the other things. Medvrei Sofrim. These are all rabbinical ma'alot, rabbinical stringencies that they uh, they added. Now the question is, what does it have to do with Masechet Hagiga? So that she says, Ve'haydin akat lehu achag abel chot aregel. What are we talking about? We're talking about the holiday of the regel. What's it got to do with tumah? The fishiyesh besofar and achot regel. Shamehar shuvim teurim beregel v'lo b'shalim otashana besof chomir bekorim. At the end of the Masechet, it's going to mention alaka that everybody is considered tahor on the regel, even in Amaris. So therefore you can come in contact with them without worrying about this going to be, that there's going to be Tumah. So therefore since there's a connection between Tumah and Regal, so the Gemara now is going to go and give you all the laws of Tumah Tahara to get to that the connection between Regal and Tumah, which is at the end of Harba Kodesh. Rashi is mashma over here when he said, but stam is maybe tibila will be enough. Tibila. Like Kodesh. Yeah, it's not going to be less than Kodesh. No, Kodesh is going to be less. Right. It means it's going to be a ma'ala higher. Be that's what I would, I would say. I did not see that, but that's what I would say. So now, ready again, get the rules. Holin, ma'aseh, terumah, netilat shadayim. Kodesh, tibilat shadayim. Hatat, tibilat kol aguf. Now again, what we're talking about over here, that something happened to jadayim. You know, if something happened to his goof, then of course you have to go to the Mikveh. There's no other thing you need to call a goof. We're discussing over with the issue only the Tumat, only the Tumat Shadayim case. The hands became a Shani. For Cholin Ma'asir and Tirumah, the way you get rid of the Shani over his Nitra Yadayim. For Kodesh, Korbanot, already get rid of the Shani is Tirumah Yadayim. For Hatat, even though it's only on the Yadayim, you have to dip the whole body. Now the Gibbon Shlach gives you another rule. Third line. 
Ruchzak Tabal Dechodin. Let's say a person went to the Mikveh. Let's say his body became Tameh. And now he wants to go eat Cholin. So he got to go to the Mikveh. So now it says Tabal Dechodin. He went to the Mikveh to eat Cholin. Ruchzak Dechodin. And his Kavana. Ruchzak means his Kavana. His Kavana when he dipped was, I am dipping to eat Cholin. Asul Ma'asir. He'll be able to eat Cholin, but he cannot eat Ma'asir. Because Ma'asir is higher than Cholin. And then we have a hadush over in this Mishnah. You can only eat according to the kavana that you had when you went to the mikveh. And since you only had kavana for holin, he cannot eat something that's on a higher madriga than holin. So then we can only eat up to holin, not ma'asir. Taval ma'asir. If let's say he went to dip because he wants to eat ma'asir. Huchzak le ma'asir. And he had kavana when he was dipping for ma'asir. Asul le truma. So he's asul to eat the item that's above ma'asir, which is truma. Kabal the truma, but if he went and said the mikveh for eating truma, who ozak the truma, asul the kodesh, and he cannot eat the next item that's above that, which we call as korbanot. Kabal the kodesh, he went to the mikveh for eating korbanot, who ozak the kodesh, and kavana when he dipped for kodesh, asul the hatat, he's not going to be able to involve himself in mehatat, which is on a higher madriga. So now the mishnah gives you the rule. Kabal the hamur mutar lekal. If you dipped for the more stringent item, be permissible for the more lenient item. I mean, if the guy dipped for atat, and it covered up for atat, certainly it covers him for kodesh, teruman, and things beneath it. Tabal. Velo hozak. Now, if a person went to the mikveh, and he didn't have any kavana at all, for anything, kiilu lo tabal. That's not considered a tabila. Now, we go to the next case. Bigdeh ama'aris. Now, the clothes of an ama'aris. Now, the rule of ama'aris is they're not careful when it comes to the laws of so therefore, they treated it as isur to people that are careful with tumah. For example, bigdeh amaris midras lepirushin. Who's a parush? A parush is somebody that is careful that, for example, eats his cholin betahara. What is cholin betahara? His regular food. He's careful and say to eat it betahara. Now you really don't have to eat cholin betahara. Regular food stuff technically you can just eat. Regular, you don't have to go to the mikveh before you eat regular non-sacred food. But they have pirushim. These guys are careful to eat their hodin betahara. For example, they treat hodin, let's say, on the level of tirumah. Or the level of uh, korbanot. They're regular food. They treat it as if they're eating a korban. They have to go to the mikveh all the time, and they're careful, and all these things. So therefore, since they're very strict, the rabbi said, if a parush that's careful to eat his cholim betahara, comes in contact with an ama'aris and touches his clothes, the clothes of an ama'aris to a parush are going to be considered a midras. What is the midras? Like the clothes of a nida. Which means a nida, a Torah, her clothes are tameh. Right? If somebody touches them, sits on them, all that, they have a deen of avatumah, and they can make the person a uh, uh, tameh as well. So therefore, the hadush over here is that the clothes of an Amaris they gave him a status of midras. Because the Amaris is not careful. We're worried that maybe his wife was nida, and she sat on the uh, clothes, and she uh, touched them, or things like that. So therefore, for the people that are higher madriga, if they touch the clothes of an Amaris, we're going to consider them midras. As she says, uh, right, gazubahim b'bigdehim, we're what we're going to go there that what maybe the ishtonida sana bare midrasanida. Whatever that means, midras is the tumah nida, and therefore it's going to be tame. Now we continue. Bigdeh pirushin midras lo chleteruma. 
the clothes of the Pirushim are going to be considered Midras for the level above them, for the people that eat Tirumah. Because the people that eat Tirumah are on a higher level. Because they're eating Bamash Tirumah itself. So therefore they put a fence to rabbis, and they said if the Kohanim, the eat Tirumah, touch the clothes of a Parush, the religious guy, doesn't matter. He's only eating Hunin Bitara. That's not considered like eating Tirumah. So the clothes of a Parush are going to be considered Midras if it's touched by Ochle Tirumah. Big day Ochle Tirumah, Midras Kodesh. The clothes of the eaters of Tirumah are considered Midras for the people that are eating Kodesh, Korbanot. Big day Kodesh, Midras Lehatat. And the clothes of the people that are eating Korbanot are going to be Midras for the people that are dealing with the Para Aduma. The Gemara tells the story. Yushat tells the story. Yosef and Yo'ezer, Hayah Hasid Shepikuna. He was considered Hasid Shepikuna, meaning he was very, very careful. He ate Tirumah. But Hachamim said it doesn't matter. His handkerchief was considered midras for the people that ate korbanot. It doesn't matter. Which means even though he was a Hasid Shabikuna, the bottom of his level was Tirumah. And then what's the deen? The clothes of Ukhlet Tirumah are going to be considered midras for the people that are above them. So therefore his clothes were midras for the people that ate korbanot. And if a guy ate korbanot and touched Yosef and Yoez's clothes, so already he's considered Tabeh. Again, it's all Midrabanan. It's all Gezerot Midrabanan. Just to, to protect the fences around the laws of uh, Tumah. Yohanan ben Gudgeda. Haya okil al-Tahrat kodesh kol yamav. He ate his hulin al-Tahrat kodesh That means he ate his regular food with the stringencies of Kodesh. I Meaning he considered his regular food that he ate in his house as if it was Kurban food. As if it would ever stringency... You have by Kurbanot, that's what he did by his regular food. But bottom line is, handkerchief still was considered Midras for the people that were involved in Hatat. Because bottom line, you want to compare him on a Kodesh level? But bottom line, for the Hatat people, even somebody that's on the Kodesh level, is considered Midras. And the Gemara will tell us exactly what these stories are coming to point to tell us. Now the Gemara says, we learned in Amish now. Cholin u'ma'asir, we learned in our Mishnah, and Tiruma need netilat yadayim. Before one eats cholin ma'asir and Tiruma, one needs netilat yadayim. So the Gemara asks, Cholin u'ma'asir, mi ba'in netilat yadayim? Do you have to wash your hands before you eat cholin uh, and ma'asir? Urminu, we have a question. Urminu, had Tiruma v'abikurim. Okay, we have two types of Tiruma. Regular Tiruma, that's the 2% that we give the Kohen. Right? That's Kodesh, that's called Tiruma. And we also have a type of Tiruma, that's called Bikurim. Bikurim are the first fruits that we give the Kohen also. But Bikurim also are called Tiruma. The Pasuk says, Utrumat Yadecha. That's referring to Bikurim. So, whatever the law of Tiruma is, is going to apply to the law of Bikurim. So the Gemara is going to list uh, a few different rules that apply to both Tiruma and Bikurim. Number one, Hayavim Alehem Mita. If somebody eats Tiruma or Bikurim Bimizid, who's a non Kohen, he's going to be Hayav Mita Bide Shamayim. Okay? Because the Pasuk says, Umetubo Kiyehaleluhu. And the next Pasuk says, Vechol Zar Lo Yochal Kodesh. So there's a connection. If the Zar eats Kodesh, Mita. That's the first law. Second law, the Chomish. Chomish means that if one eats Tirumah, Meshogeg, he has to pay back to Kohen, not only the principal, but he has to add a penalty of Chomish, 
ve'asur lezarim. Which means, there's a lot to ase, if a zar, if a non-kohen, eats it. Hakamim pointed out it's superfluous, right? Because you just told me, if he eats it, he's hayab midah. This is actually superfluous, this line. Ve'en nikse kohen. Teruma is considered the money of the kohen. What does that mean, the money of the kohen? Meaning, if he wants to get married, he can use teruma for the kedushin. He can say, Are at mekodeshetli betruma zu, kedat Moshe v'yisrael, which means, when you get married, you have to use your money. Terumah's considered his money, at kedekat, he can use it for kedushin. Or, as she gives an example, he wants to buy karka with it. Or he wants to buy an avid with it. Or he wants to buy a behemat temeah with it. He could buy it. Which means there's no problem. He could use the teruma money for his personal uh, acquisitions. Let's say teruma fell into hulin. Now you have a mixture. How much hulin do you need to mevatel teruma? You need a hundred. Normally we have a rule, batel b'shishim. Man, if milk falls into the meat, how much meat do you need to batel the milk? Sixty. When it comes to terumah, you need a hundred chulin to mevatel the terumah. So altogether, how much you can have in the mixture? A hundred and one. That's what it means, ve'olin be'hadu me'ah. Well, altogether, if you have a hundred and one, one terumah and a hundred chulin, you can eat the mixture, even if you're, even if you're a non-kohen. Less than that, the whole thing becomes asur. Only Kwani only will be able to eat it. Because it's a mixture with Hodin and Tiruma. Next law. Vitaunini Tilachadayim. Oh. Both of them, Tiruma that is, needs the Tilachadayim. Before you eat it, person, obviously the Kohen, has to make the Tilachadayim. Ve'arev Shemesh. Arev Shemesh is, let's say the Kohen became Tameh. We went to the Mekveh by day. He has to wait until nightfall, until he's able to eat his. Terumah. That's called Ha'arif Shemesh. Hare elu bitrumah. Ube bikurim. These laws that we just enumerated, specifically apply to terumah and bikurim. Bikurim is like terumah. So it has the same law. Ma she'enken b'ma'asir v'chol she'enken b'cholim. But these laws don't apply to ma'asir. Ma'asir sheni, that is. And certainly they're not going to apply to cholim. Now one of the laws that we mentioned over here is what? Oh, so therefore we have a contradiction. You told me in the Mishnah when a person wants to eat Maser and Cholin, he has to make the Tachadayim. Right? So the Turumah probably have no problem. The Turumah, have a Mishnah, we just said also you have to make the Yadayim for Turumah. But for Cholin and Maser, you don't. Stida. Now, before we go further to answer this question, let's read Rashi on the. Third line, a second wide line. All these laws that we enumerated by Tirumah do not apply to Maser. En mita, if a person, let's say, uh, a non-Kohen, eats Maser, there's no mita. Of course not, because Maser should be eaten by anybody. Even in Yisrael eats Maser, so there's no mita if it's eaten by Yisrael. I don't know, it's a if it's eaten by Yisrael. Then Chomesh. But there's no homish either, which means if let's say he ate it uh, when, uh, right, he, he ate it. He doesn't have to pay anybody a homish, it's his to eat. Now don't mix up. There is a homish by Maasir, but it's different than the homish by Tirumah. Tirumah, the law is if a non Kohen eats the Tirumah, he has to pay back to Kohen, Keren, the homish. There is a homish by Maasir, but it's a different homish. 
if a person, let's say, has ma'asir foods, okay, and the foods are too heavy to bring up to Yerushalayim, he has to make pidyon. That means he has to transfer the kedusha of the foods and put it on a coin. At the time of the pidyon, he has to add a fifth. But that's not similar to the fifth that we're talking about over here, where if somebody stole it from the coin, he has to add a fifth to the, to the payment. So you shouldn't confuse that. Then Asud Zarim, Obviously, it's not a suit for non-Kohanim, Ma'asir. Shere kol asun ekhal zarim. The whole deen of Ma'asir is for zarim. The chomesh shemosif pefidyono lo aidi. We're not talking about the chomesh that he adds to the pidyon of Ma'asir. Be chomesh haka, ki ha'gav na de'em b'turuma pidyon. We're not talking about a pidyon by turuma, but a turuma you cannot make a pidyon on. V'nekse hediyot na'me lo havi l'kdot mo'abadim v'karkaot. De'lo nitan elu la'kiyah v'shtiyah v'shichah. Ah, interesting. Ma'asir Shani money, it's not the Israel's money to do what he wants. He only has a few things he can do with it. Take it to Yerushalayim and eat it. Finished. It's for eating. Meaning he cannot take his Ma'asir Shani money and make Kedushim. Mashi'in Ken it's the Kohens. He can do whatever he wants with it. So therefore it's Mashi'in Ken, the Ma'asir. The Enta'un the Hitzat Yadayim. Oh, you don't need the Hitzat Yadayim either. She'en Ashani Poselbo La'asoto Shilishi. Now we know a sheni letum'ah by hands, if it touches turumah, what's the turumah going to become? A shilishi. The rules of tum'ah betala work, that whatever tum'ah is, let's say, on the hands, it makes the turumah the next degree down. So a sheni, if you touch turumah, will make it a shilishi. However, there's no shilishi by ma'asir. So therefore, if, you, if a guy's hands are a sheni, and he touches ma'asir, nothing. That's why we're saying over there, you, you don't need nitlat yadayim for ma'asir. Because Ma'asir Shani, the highest level it can become is a Shani. Once a person's hands are already a Shani, by touching it, it's not going to make it a Shanishi. So that's why there's no deen of Nitla Yadayim. And furthermore, you don't need the Arif Shemesh. Which means, if let's say a guy became Tameh, Israel became Tameh, he goes to the Mikveh in the middle of the afternoon, right when he comes out of the Mikveh, he can eat Ma'asir Shani. He does not have to wait until nightfall. Oh, so let's go back to the question. You told me in the Mishnah that what Maser and Cholin need Nitilat Shadayim, but we have a clear Mishnah that is telling me that only Tiruma needs Nitilat Shadayim. Maser and Cholin do not need Nitilat Shadayim. Contradiction. So the Gemara says, Kasha Maser or Maser, Kasha Cholin or Cholin. That's a double question. It's a question from Maser to Maser, and a question from Cholin to Cholin. Bishta ba Maser and Maser la Kasha. I can answer the Maser contradiction. Har bimeir. Any type of Tum'ah that requires Tahara, uh, Tevilah, any type of Tevilah Midrabanan, which is any time the rabbis decreed that this item is going to mitame the person that he needs be at Mayim, that he needs to go to the Mikveh. The point that the Gebara is saying this means we're not talking about Torah Tumotove, we're talking about rabbinical Tumotove. Any type of Tum'ah that needs Bi'at Mayim, Midivre Sofrim, rabbinical Tebilah, Mitame et a Kodesh, Uposel et a Terumah, Umutar le Holin ul Maaser. Let's get all three dinim over That means we're talking about a case where the rabbis made the person a Shini. Yeah, they put a shenil to tumah on the guy. Yeah. And it's a case of a sikh chabat. Well, this is the whole list of cases where the rabbis were gozer on a person to make him a shenil. 
Like we said earlier, Minat Torah, a person cannot become a Shini. But the rabbis came along and they put a Shini on the guy. Okay. The Shini has the ability to metameh Kodesh. You know what metameh Kodesh means? Metameh means it'll make Kodesh a Shilishi. And that Kodesh, if it comes in contact with other Kodesh, will make it a Rivi'i. Whenever we say the word Tameh, it has a double implication. It can become Tameh and can continue on one more time. It can go further. So therefore, Tameh la Kodesh. Shini makes a Shilishi. And the Shilishi can make other Kodesh a Rivi'i. I'll give you an example. Let's say the Shini touched the Basar Hatat. Shini will make the Basar Hatat a Shilishi. Now that Basar Hatat touched Basar of Qurban Asham. That Qurban Asham now will become a Rivi'i. Hence the word Tameh. Posel means it can become Tameh and it ends there. A Shini can be Posel Terumah. Because what is Terumah going to become at that point? A Shilishi. Now let's say that Terumah touches more Terumah. Nothing. Because a Shilishi does not make it a Vi'i by Terumah. So therefore a Shini will be Posel Terumah. Meaning it ends at that point. Right there. Metameh Kodesh Posel Terumah. Because Kodesh can go to the fourth level where Terumah can only go to the third level. However, umutal the chodinul maaser. So what do you see over here? If a person's a sheni, he does not affect chodin and maaser. Whose opinion is this? The very bimir. So very good. We found the opinion of the mishnah that the Gemara quoted. The, the quotation that said that you don't need to wash for chodin and maaser is a bimir. Washing is only for terumah and kodesh. Good? So I found a, 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 an author of the Mishnah. But the rabbis, they osir in Maaser. They say, if a person is a Shani, and he touches Maaser, Maaser will become, will become Pasul. So therefore they require Nitilat Yadayim even for Maaser. So I found an opinion that says Maaser in Nitilat Yadayim. Who's that? The rabbis. So who's the author of the Mishnah? The rabbis. So I answered Ma'asir. I didn't answer Hodin yet. I get to Hodin. I'm only answering Ma'asir so far. You understand how I answered Ma'asir? Very easy answer. Harbi Mi'ir. Ha. banan. Very simple. Good. So the Gibbana says, Ela Hodin, Hodin Kasha. Okay, but Hodin you have a Kash, which means we have a Mishnah that clearly says you have to wash for Hodin. We didn't find an opinion yet that says you have to wash for Hodin. The rabbis who were Ma'abidah said you only have to wash for. Ma'asir. Show me an opinion that says you have to wash even for Hulin. Good question. So Yamara says, but it can't be to be made in Hakamim. Because Hakamim only required it to that Yadayim for Ma'asir. They didn't say Hulin. Ma'asir is higher than Hulin. If you have to make the Yadayim for Ma'asir, it doesn't mean you have to make the Yadayim for Hulin. Where? It's not to Hachamim, I'm telling you. Where did you see Hachamim say you have to make the Da'ayat for Hodin? Hachamim said you need to make the Da'ayat for Ma'asir. We just saw Arabi Mi'ir Hachamim. What was that referring to? Ma'asir. So if you have to make the Da'ayat for Ma'asir, but the Mishnah says you have to make the Da'ayat for Hodin as well. I'm assuming that... I could assume that. I'm telling you, just because you saw the Hachamim say you have to make the Da'ayat for Ma'asir, you can't assume that Ma'asir is much higher. Ma'asir Shaniz has a level of Kiddushah to it. Hodin is not Kiddushah at all. So just because you have to make that for Ma'asir, doesn't mean you have to make that for Hodin. So we're back to the question. Who's the author of the Mishnah? Good? 
כאן באכילה, כאן בנגיעה. And we're talking about Achilat Chodin. So therefore, you want to eat Chodin? Mishnah. Mishnah, you got to wash. That's the rabbis. Where is this Mishnah, the second Mishnah that we quoted in the Gemara that said, Hachim said, only Ma'asir. No. And not Chodin, that means that's for touching Chodin. Mm-hmm. Touch Chodin, you have to make that Yadayim. Gemara is impossible. Unacceptable answer. Why? Matkifla Ravshimi Bar Asher. Ad Kalo Pelegira Baral Adrabi Meir. The whole Mahlokit. Between the Bimir and the rabbis, Ela ba'achila de ma'asir was by eating ma'asir, which means the B discussion over there was eating the ma'asir. The Bimir said you eating ma'asir, I don't care, you have to make the yadaim for ma'asir. Achamim said no, you eating ma'asir, you have to make the yadaim. The whole machlok the Bimir was eating ma'asir. Aval bin giad de ma'asir uba'achila de chodin lo peligi. But by touching Masir or even eating Cholin, there's no argument. But even the rabbis hold by eating Cholin, you don't have to make the Yadayim. So we're back to the question then. If they never argued by eating Cholin, so who's the author of our Mishnah? Do you try to answer me that the author of the Mishnah is Hakamim and we're talking about eating Cholin? And the rabbis will tell you, if you eat Cholin, you have to make the Yadayim. It's not so. Because you have a clear statement that the Hakamim agree that when it comes to Cholin, even eating it, you don't need the Yadayim at all. So back to the question, who's the author of our Mishnah? Look at that sheet, three lines on the bottom. Ad kalo pedigi. What's that here? Ad kalo pedigi. Abal korach. Had diktani asur b'maaser. The rabbis said asur b'maaser, correct? The rabbis themselves, hachamim, the rabbis be me. They said asur b'maaser. Lashon achilahi. It has to be talking about eating maaser. The ibn giat sheni lo pasir b'maaser, which means it cannot be talking about touching maaser, because maaser does not become a shilishi. So therefore, when the rabbis were osir b'maaser, what were they talking about? Yeah. Eating maaser, correct? Therefore, nigiat b'maaser according to hachamim is. Permissible. But when it comes to Hulin, everybody's going to agree. So back to the question, who's the author of Mishnah that says when it comes to Hulin, one has to make? So you're going to answer Oh, I'll tell you both. Mishnah, our Mishnah, and the Mishnah that we quoted in, in the Gemara, both are referring to eating. We're talking about different items. Our Mishnah is talking about eating bread, and the Mishnah is talking about eating fruit. The Amar of Nahman Kola Notel Yadav Leperot Hareze Megase Haruah. Let's get the rule first. You're not supposed to wash before you eat fruit. Anybody that washes, when he eats fruit, 
But we're not talking about liquid on the food. The guy is eating a regular fruit. He wants to be mahmir on himself. He wants to go make that yadayim. Hey, the rabbis didn't say I have to make that my fruit. What are you doing? You're just being, uh, want to be a gava? Yeah? Anybody that washes our fruit, because he doesn't have to, this is already considered gasluah. Oh, so very good. So now, we go back to our story over here in the Gemara. When the Gemara said, Masha'enkin b'ma'asir, right? It says, when you're eating turumah, you have to make the da'yadayim. Masha'enkin b'ma'asir. But when it comes to ma'asir, you do not have to make the da'yadayim. What type of ma'asir were we talking about? Fruit. Now, fruit of ma'asir, you can have fruit of ma'asir. When it comes to fruit of ma'asir, and chulim for that matter, there's no requirement of the da'yadayim. On the contrary, Anybody that makes it lay a dime on fruit of ma'asir and hulin, megaseh aruah. Look at Rashi. Kan b'achilat de peri, hadiktani mashi'en kem b'ma'asir b'achilat de peri kamar. Umiyu b'trumah b'ayin etilash, shafilu magaw poseh, deshli poseh de terumah. That's right. If it was fruit of terumah, he would have to make that a dime. Why? Because if it's hands or a sheni, and he just touches terumah, it'll make it a shilishi. Good. So I'm not worried about terumah. But, Outside of Turumah, Rabbi Meir was saying, when it comes to fruit, you do not wash. Good. Hamishnah that said, Notlim liyadayim lechodinu ma'asir, you know what he's talking about? Bread. Oh, bread's a different item. Which is even Rabbi Meir, he only said you don't wash by ma'asir and He was talking by fruit. Our Mishnah was talking about bread. So basically, according to this answer, the author of our Mishnah is Rabbi Meir. And we're just making a haluk between lehen and fruit. Somebody asked you now, when you read the Mishnah, notim, the yadam, the chodim, ma'asir, right away you have to plug in bread. Stop talking about bread. Because we have another Mishnah that says clearly that chodim, ma'asir, you don't wash. Well, that's talking about fruit. And that's really the haluk. Tosafot. Tosfot hanotel yadav leperot just quotes the Gemara and Ketzad mebarchin, where it talks about where people were sitting around the table, they're in the middle of the seuda and they bring them fruit, so they make the tzayi yadaim. Tosfot says, "What are you talking? Just over here, it's a suit to do such a thing." So Tosfot says, "Hata mishum nikiyutave." There they were just doing it for hygienic reasons. Which is weird to talk about who's a gasluah. A guy that comes along and says, I'm doing it for halachic reasons. Everybody don't be a hero. That's already the Torah. You don't have to do such a thing. But if a guy's hands are dirty and he just wants to wash them before he eats a fruit, that's what I'm talking about. That. That's hygienic. That's not a problem. Good? Look at what right before that. Haben peri. Now again, get this clear. In Nahamah peri, you have to say that we're going to the bimir. That which the Bimi'i said you don't do Hulid and Ma'asir. That's talking about Peri. That which the Mishnah said you do make that life for Hulid and Ma'asir. That's talking about Nehama. That's talking about bread. Hashtag Lutzlak Betaretz Tu Gabe Ma'asir Arabi Mi'ir Arabanan. Which is now already, you don't have to make a Hiluk like we did in the first answer. We said, oh, Ma'asir is no question. Ma'asir, I'll tell you, the Mishnah is Rabbanan, and the Ma'asir over here is the Bimir. Now you can see the whole thing is going according to the Bimir. If you remember the first answer of the Gemara, the Gemara said, Ma'asir, Ma'asir, Lakashya. Because I can tell you, the Ma'asir that says in the Mishnah that you have to make the Yadayim is going according to Hakamim. And the Ma'asir of this Mishnah is going like the Bimir. No, it's like that. I can say the whole thing is going like the Bimir. I can just separate this as Akhidah of Perot, this is Akhidah of uh, bread. 
Tosfot just says, the Gibra could have given a different answer. The Gibra could have said that there's a difference between Akhila and Nigi'ah. Which is, I could have uh, gave an alternate answer separating between that which Amishnah is telling you have to make that you have to make about eating, and that what it said over there you don't have to make it, it's talking about Nigi'ah. But I'd rather keep it all in Akhila, like I'm doing now. Both Mishnah talking about eating. I'm just giving different items you're eating. The Mishnah is talking about eating bread. Eating bread. I gotta make I'm even according to Ribimir. Ah, what about the second Mishnah? Eating perot. That's why it says Velo Namase, Velo de Holim.